Most people would say that the opposite of joy is sorrow. But I would say that the opposite of joy at this time of the year, at least, is not sorrow. Rather, it's circumstances. I say that because at this time of year, during these four weeks of Advent, our sadness, if we have sadness, is usually rooted in circumstances, negative circumstances, challenging circumstances, discouraging, depressing circumstances, either in our own families or personal lives or somewhere out there in the world. I'm sure that we can all remember bad things that have happened in years past, just before Christmas. When I was a student at Providence College, for example, they had a terrible dorm fire in Aquinas Hall one day, one night in mid-December, mid early to mid-December killed ten young women. Think of that tragic event every year at this time. It's one of the negative circumstances I have to deal with annually during Advent. Getting diagnosed with Parkinson's disease two days before Christmas in 2010 is another one I have on my list. And we all have our list, do we not? At or near the top of almost everyone's list this year are the restrictions and the inconveniences and the aggravations that COVID-19 has brought into our daily lives. But it even goes beyond that. Perhaps some of you lost a loved one this December, or in a December of the past. Maybe you lost your job this month. Maybe you lost it a month a year ago and have been unemployed ever since. Or perhaps it's just the moral decline and the growing secularization of our society that's getting you discouraged or the latest goings-on in the world of politics. That'll get you depressed really fast if you dwell on it. And then we come to Mass on the third Sunday of Advent, and the Church tells us very clearly to rejoice. In our first reading, Isaiah says, I rejoice heartily in the Lord, and my God is the joy of my soul. In the responsorial psalm, we say, or we sing, my soul rejoices in my God. And then St. Paul tells us in this text from 1 Thessalonians 5 to rejoice always. Not just sometimes, not just when things are going well, not just in good circumstances on sunny days in July, but always. Today is Gaudete Sunday. It's the Sunday when we light the pink candle on our Advent wreath, signifying that Advent is more than half over and the Christmas is fast approaching. Gaudete in Latin literally means rejoice. And it's a command. It's an imperative. It's a command from Jesus through his church. But it's a tough command to obey, at least it's a tough command for many of us to obey at this time of the year because of those negative circumstances I mentioned earlier. Now, to some extent, those circumstances are always present in our lives and in our world. However, they do seem to have more of a negative impact on our lives at this time of the year. Now, I think that's because in a normal, non-pandemic year, with all the festivity and celebration that's going on around us, it can seem to us like everybody else is happy and having a great time. And we're not. But that, I would say, my brothers and sisters, is an illusion. As I indicated a few moments ago, everybody has a list of circumstances, circumstances that threaten to undermine their joy. Even if people don't seem to have a list, believe me, they do. 
So here's the situation we find us in during this holy season, and to some extent throughout the year. Either our negative circumstances will overcome our joy, or our joy will overcome our negative circumstances. It's either one or the other. If the circumstances win out in us, we'll be miserable. If joy wins, then we'll be able to rejoice in the way that the scriptures today tell us to. We'll be able to do that in spite of our problems, in spite of our difficulties, in spite of our crosses. In a homily he gave several years ago, Father, La Father Roger Landry, who's a priest from the Diocese of Fall River, made a list of four things that can rob us of joy. Four things, in other words, that can cause negative circumstances to win the victory in us. See if you can identify with any one of these. First is self-pity. Oh, woe is me. I have so many problems. I have so many more problems than other people have. I have more cooking to do than anyone else. I have more shopping to do than anyone else. I have more aches and pains than anyone else. I have to go to listen to Father Ray preach every week at church. Poor, poor me. You know the kind of living I'm talking about. The second is worry. Father Landry makes the point that worry and joy cannot coexist, just like self-pity and joy cannot coexist. In his homily, Father Landry mentioned Pope John XXIII, Pope St. John XXIII now, who, as you might imagine, had a lot to worry about as leader of the Church at the beginning of Vatican II. But John XXIII conquered his worry through prayer by consciously, consciously and consistently putting his own life and the life of the Church into God's hands. Father Landry wrote, Pope John XXIII, who had responsibility for the whole Church, used to go in to visit the Lord in his private chapel each night and give the problems back to God, saying, It's your Church, Lord. I'm going to bed. Sometimes the simplest prayers are the best, are they not? The third thing that can undermine our joy happens, Father Landry says, when we place our happiness in something other than God, on acclaim, advancement, promotion, recognition, fame, prestige, power, money, anything. And isn't that exactly what the world encourages us to do at this time of the year? No wonder so many people are miserable. The cultural message we get every December is, buy this and you'll be happy. Drink this, eat this, get this game, have this at your party, and you'll have Christmas joy in your heart. That's a lie. It's a lie that many people believe, or at least they act like they believe it. Which brings us to the fourth thing that can ruin our joy. Complaining. Chronic complainers are people who are fixed on the negative. And being fixated on the negative makes rejoicing almost impossible. As Father Landry put it, we lose our joy by complaining. He then added, some of us would have complained about the menu at the Last Supper. I'm sure that's not true of anyone in our parish, but it was apparently true of some people in his. The final point that needs to be made in all this concerns the alternative. Yes, self-pity, worry, focusing on the things, things other than God, complaining, those can all rob us of joy, that's true. But what's the alternative? 
what will deepen our joy in December and every other month of the year, what will give us the ability to rejoice always, as St. Paul tells us to do in today's second reading. The answer to that question, my brothers and sisters, is very simple. It's very hard to put into practice. We need to focus on what we know by faith to be true. Let me repeat that, because if you forget everything else I say, try to remember that. To have joy, we need to focus on what we know by faith to be true. In other words, we need to reflect and meditate on what we believe, really believe, about God and about life and about ourselves. This, not surprisingly, is where Isaiah the prophet found his joy. Notice what he says here. He says, I rejoice heartily in the Lord, not in things, not in other people, not in the good circumstances of my life, in the Lord. In my God is the joy of my soul. The psalm refrain, which is a direct quote from Mary in her Magnificat, has the same message. My soul rejoices in my God. Mary and Isaiah understood this principle. So the bottom line is this. God, our Almighty Father, created you in his image and in his likeness. He loves you perfectly, completely, unconditionally. He sent his Son into the world 2,000 years ago to save you from your sins and to give you a kingdom that will last forever. He will never abandon you. He will always provide for your needs. Those are some of the foundational truths of our Catholic faith. They were true yesterday, they're true today, and they will be true until the end of time. That means they will be true in the best circumstances of our lives and in the absolute worst circumstances of our lives. So we can always, always, always rejoice in them because they're unchanging. They're timeless. My health may change. My family may change. My friends may change. My job situation may change. I may test positive for COVID-19 tomorrow. But the truth of who God is and what he's done for me and the world will never, ever, ever change. So that's where my focus and your focus needs to be during this season of the year and always.